to be honest, it also stopped a lot of my growth because I think it was sensational enough for people to follow me for when they saw these before and afters of like my leggings rolled up and then my leggings rolled down and kind of having those conversations around the fact that I still walk around with massive privilege. I get to roll up my yoga pants. I get to roll them up and I get to go and walk out in society and and look, you know, acceptable to what our society deems acceptable. It's not about sit down and shut up. It's there's a whole bunch of people who have no seat here, who have no voice here. How do we make sure that that stops? Like, how do we make sure that they can find that seat, that they can get that microphone? How does that happen? I will never take any old post down. I think it's important to kind of see the progression of a person, but it is something that I I don't feel good about posting anymore. And I think that that comes from a place of truly understanding where damage can be done. Why, hello. My name is Dr. Joshua Walrich, and welcome to my podcast, Willing to be Wrong. For those of you who may have just stumbled across this and don't know me, I'm an NHS surgical doctor, author, and unintended influencer, currently on a year out from the hospital to study for a nutrition master's. Now, at the time of this episode being released, I am four days away from my debut book being released called Food Isn't Medicine. In it, I talk about the complex nature of weight and health and the principles of health at every size, why the phrase food is medicine is actually harmful, and then I debunk a whole load of nutribolics from coffee enemas supposedly curing cancer or just the standard sugar makes you fat. If any of that resonates with you and you fancy being more relaxed when it comes to conversations about your health and food, the release date is the 15th of April. But today, I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest for this episode, Sarah Nicole Landry. Sarah is a wonderful human being who I've known for a couple of years now through social media. You may know her best by her name, The Bird's Papaya Online, and she is a body confidence advocate, speaker, writer, and mother to four kids, the youngest of which is only a few months old. In this episode, we talk about recent conversations in regards to passing the mic to content creators with less privilege, especially when it comes to body confidence and body image. We also have a heated argument about whether cupcakes or cakes are better, but I won't spoil the answer to that one. Hi! How are you? I mean, I'm good. It's 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 early in the morning, it's afternoon for you, but I'm mm. doing well. I'm halfway down a coffee. In Canada, it's roll up the rim season. I don't know if you know what that is, but no, we're not allowed that? to technically do it because it's pandemic time. But we have these rims that we roll down with your yeah. teeth and there's oh. a prize inside, but they took it away because of the uh. pandemic. So now we have to roll them online. But regardless <laughs> or irregardless, I still don't know which one is which. It's roll up the rim season, which in Canada is... You look forward to it all year. It's a very big deal. One time as a kid, my parents won a barbecue. So it's legit. <laughs> that, said Tim Hortons I mean, on the front of it. It was great. <laughs> I thought the most Canadian thing was apologizing, but maybe that is now the new most Canadian thing. Yeah, it's also that. Because last time when I had to reschedule our podcast, I think I apologized to you like 20 times. And you were like, stop apologizing. I'm like, it's the way. Well, <laughs> I mean, what we do. Without, I mean, I don't know how, how um, blasé you are on these kind of things, but without going into too much detail, I feel like it was medical reasons which were perfectly yeah. fine to cancel the podcast. <laughs> I know. Like, if you'd have... Yeah, I, I had an infection in my boob. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get a doctor's appointment for this. And you were like, okay, well, I guess I, as a doctor, I should respect that. Yeah, great. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure whether we were going into mastitis. Um, yeah, that's a that's uh, a nicer medical word for it. I just, <laughs> I just was like, I had an infection in my tit. Like that's just where I go. It just made more sense. But yeah, in Canada, it's not even a joke. If you bump, if if you bump into somebody, they will say sorry to you, and you say sorry to them. You both apologize for you making the mistake. It's hilarious. We just, it's it's automatic, but we're just that's it's so true, and people mock it, but it's adorable when you when you see it in action and you bump into somebody and they're like, oh sorry, and you're like, oh sorry, it's so cute. You, well, you don't need to apologize anymore. Just, just to I'm clarify, um, <laughs> good. You will I'll, though, I'll because you're Canadian. This is my practice um, <laughs> today. <laughs> um, but thank you, thank you for agreeing to come and chat with me. Um, I feel like it's a long time due. Like, yeah, it, it has been. I mean, I, I haven't even briefed you, and I might cut some of this out now. But I like 
um, I, I don't have any plans for this, um, yeah. which which is, as far as I'm concerned, is great. But I tend to have a quick look on the eyes of my guest whenever I say that. And some of them go, what? Uh, no, I don't, I don't do podcasts that way either. I feel like if I overplan it, then I, I lose the flow of the conversation because I'm like, oh, but I want to ask this. And oh, I want to do this. I love just sitting down and having a conversation. We've been online friends for how long? I don't even know. Mm. Well, we're that's the good we're thing. We're text friends. Like we, we're, that's Don't friendship. tell people that. Like we, we're text friends. If anybody wants your number, they can just message me. <laughs> I, well, what you don't know is I gave you my burner phone. Um, so Come on! <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have one of those. But well, maybe, you're a doctor. I would assume that you have like multiples. Do you still have pagers? We, well, we do. Yeah. So see, oh, okay. doc- see, doctoring in the UK is slightly different to doctoring in, in Canada land slash America. We don't have work phones unless we're working like oh. proper privately. So like we just have a mobile oh. phone. That's it. There's just one phone. Um, so if, if people want to contact us in the hospital, we do. We have pages, essentially, but we call them bleeps okay. bleep? because they because they bleep. <laughs> And also because they're not like, because proper pages you can send messages on, right? So you can read the message on the pager, I think. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Ours you can't. So ours just bleep. They just bleep with a a number to call back. (laughs) So it's a bleep. Oh my goodness. This is the most adorable. See, I thought Canadians were cute. That was adorable. You have little bleeps. (laughs) Bleeps to me is like when you're bleeping out a swear word. Yeah, no, no, no. We have bleep. And we have multiple bleeps when things go wrong. So uh, yeah. <laughs> that's always fun when you're yeah. carrying someone else's bleep and then you have like three or four bleeps on your on your your trouser band and then one of them goes oh off gosh. and you're like shit which one is it and then it, and then it's uh n- no I don't want to call that number back no let's no, no I'm joking we 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 oh answer every goodness. single bleep Shh, don't every tell anyone single bleep <laughs> <laughs> Well look how long has it been since I've known because this is the benefit of knowing you is that we can do this off the fly Yeah <laughs> I, I'm hoping um conversation yeah. How long has it been now since we came across or slash I don't know who came across who. I'm pretty sure I was probably in awe of your following back in the day when I first came across you because that meant a massive thing to me back then. I was like, wow, yeah. she's famous. Um, <laughs> well, I grew very rapidly too. And I feel like I found you somewhere along the way of that because I used to be, like as many know, I used to be a weight loss page. I used to talk about, mm. it was always lifestyle, but it was very strong on the weight loss end of it. So it was, I think, through Kenzie Brenna sharing your work, probably oh, okay. close to two and a half three years ago I don't even know time is a blur but it was around then it was around kind of the time that I was seeking a different narrative I think it was a time that I really needed to know that what I was doing by quitting dieting was not morally wrong because that's kind of the headspace Mm. you're living in when you gain weight is just how this the shame you feel around it and I really needed those reinforcements of you know the the, the side of which I, the narrative of which I live by now, which is definitely aligned with yours. So I started following all, all those years ago. And thankfully, you stuck by me as well as I've learned along the way. And yeah, here we are apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there haven't been that many things that along the way, apart from the one that instantly came to mind, which I think Ooh. we should bring up because it'll be loads of fun. Bring it up. Um, and also the podcast is called Willing to be Wrong. So this is, yes, this is perfect. Yes, it's my favorite. I think the only time we've ever had any sort of, I wouldn't even call it a disagreement because you're too Canadian, but the only time when I've ever like necessarily said something or about stuff that you've been doing and that I haven't necessarily agreed with, which makes me sound like a bit of a twat. Like I'm just no. going around the internet looking people up to find things disagree. I, but I'm just no. clarifying that. But I think the only time was when um, there was a, a more of a conversation around people bending over to create roles to promote what they considered body positivity yeah well it Um, came up as a huge conversation right it was mm, it was mm. a much much bigger one and still is one still is time to time but no you're right it's uh it was kind of in that curve of yeah there's something sensational about being able to show somebody uh, in like show your own personal insecurities right and i'm gonna call Mm, them that mm. but i 
never until it was actually called out for me in like a very wide platform and you and I had conversations through it. It was so instantaneous for me. Like I think a lot of people were like, oh, like I'm sorry this person is like putting you on blast for this. I'm like, I'm not because this is something that a lot of people are thinking that a lot of people are experiencing and I wasn't in the headspace to even consider it. And now that it's there, it's changed the way that I create. It changed it. To be honest, it also stopped a lot of my growth because I think it was sensational enough for people to follow me for when they saw these before and afters of like mm. my leggings rolled up and then my leggings rolled down and and kind of having those conversations around um, the fact that I still walk around with massive privilege. I get to roll up my yoga pants. I get to roll mm. them up and I get to go and walk out in society and, and look you know, acceptable to what our society deems acceptable. I still get to shop wherever I want to shop. And, uh, and I think I really needed to, to take a step back because as somebody who used to live in a larger body, I know how much it sucks when you can't do that, when you can't have that. And I really had forgotten. I, I kind of lost that part of myself a little bit. So in, in the air of willing to be wrong, I'm so glad that that happened. Like I really, really am because I, I don't love being wrong, but I love the opportunity it brings you. Like I just do. Mm. It, it it can be hard sometimes. I think especially now in the zones we're in where there's so much that can be wrong for one person and it's not wrong for somebody else. And then there's all these nuances yeah. of different, you know, opinion that I really struggle with because I'm a people pleaser. So the second one person has opinion, I just I'm apologizing to that. And then I'm apologizing to this. And I found that really difficult when I was pregnant because I got really, really, really sick. And when I talked about it, people were like, don't talk about being sick because there's a lot of us who would just love to be pregnant. So I was like, okay, I won't talk about being sick. And then other people were like, why aren't you sharing your journey? Like, honestly, because that was really helpful for me. Like, I'm also really struggling. I would love to hear that side. And I was like, okay, I should be sharing that. I'm feeling sick. Like, it's so hard to kind of navigate that. But when we're talking about something that is very clearly um, privilege, I had to kind of take a step back and really come across and stronger with the message. And you know what? That post that I made, I basically sensationalized it. I showed the negative comments of people that, you know, were telling me I was obese and that I didn't, all these different things that were crap and just making me feel like horrible things about my body ripping them all apart. And then I was like, but guess what? I still get to exist with like a ton of privilege. I still get to leave my house and do all these things. And that mm. post remains my most engaged on post ever. So I think that, I think besides me giving birth, but I think <laughs> I really realized that it is the willingness to be wrong. It's the willingness to evolve. And if I hadn't had that willingness all the, all the, time, then I don't think that I would be evolving as a person and as a human. And so I just don't, I don't look at it so negatively when, when things happen. I think I'm just still figuring out how to find myself and like my own personal humanness in it because yeah. there is a lot of opinion and then there's also, you know, reality. So it's hard. Like that part's hard. My, well, my first therapist told me that I was a sponge and that I'll do anything that anybody tells me, which is why I'm the most influenced person ever. Like I will buy literally anything anybody <laughs> tells me because I just, I believe everything and I buy into so much. That's why diet culture just loved me because I was like, oh, that sounds mm. so correct, right? Like that, that makes so much sense. Like that's why I, that's what I have to do. That's how I have to eat. And so it's really, it's, it's important to kind of understand stigmas that exist in the world, I think, and to apply them into your own conscious being as you go out into the world or as you create content online. But at the same time, figure out who you are and what is, what is your message? Like, what is it you're talking about? And is this potentially damaging people more than just opinions and, and feeling? See, I think that's, uh, I think what, one thing that stood out to me when you said it was that it's, um, that it was kind of making you grow at the time. And I'm really intrigued what you think, um, what you think it is about posts like that, that are so popular. Um, I have my own opinions, but again, mm -hmm. I, this, this is a situation where your opinion is more valid than my opinion here because those posts aren't directed to me, right? Those mm. aren't, the, those, I, I have never, I'm sure they exist, but they don't seem to be out there very frequently. I have never seen a, a post of 
posing versus supposed reality with a guy doing that. I just never have. Yeah. And I yeah. understand. I understand why. I understand that women are far more subject to to aesthetic ideals and visual ideals and diet culture and all of that kind of stuff. I, I'm not saying I'm confused why I don't see it. But what I mean is, what is it about that that you think makes it so popular, that makes people go so viral? Because there are people who have grown their entire page, it almost seems, yeah. on that kind of content. Yeah. Which you could... We, we we might get into it this is the fun yep. thing of not having any planned questions um which i believe is slightly problematic because mm -hmm. i think when you have made your entire existence online so much based around that if you're not talking about the nuance around it and what body positivity really is even if you mm -hmm. don't put the words mm -hmm. body positivity in your caption it doesn't it's not a get out clause for me it still feels like there's there's a something missing there but that's a, that's a maybe question part two but why do you think it goes so viral why do you think it grows people's pages so much I think initially it was a little bit different than what it is now. I think initially we were living on social media at a time where it was all about being perfect. Like face Facetune was normal. Like that was just what you did. It wasn't some shameful thing that people did kind of in the background. It was very openly discussed. You kind of blurred out features and all of that. So I think a lot of it for me came down to the fact that everyone would kind of look at you and be like, oh, you're perfect. What possibly could you have? And it's like, well, this is where I struggle. This is also me. And I think it's sensational because so many of us have this perfectionist type of mentality, especially women. It's a form of oppression, which I see now. And so when we feel this moment of oh my gosh, I'm not alone, or I also look like that, or I also bend that way, I also have roles. It feels very safe, but it in the end can also be very dangerous because what I feel has happened is the pendulum has swung. It, it went from being about, you know, sharing normalcies of a body to being almost obsessed with being relatable, with being someone that could show up online flawed. And so we went from one end to the other end, and now everyone wants to feel relatable and show their flaws to the point that even me, like I'll sometimes, some of my favorite creators, I'll have like these internal, like, like I'm newly postpartum. So I feel like I'm in the, in a space where I'm very vulnerable to it. And maybe I haven't been in the past. So when I'm consuming it now, I almost just feel a little bit insulted. Like it's a, it's a little bit insulting. Cause I'm just like, what? Like how? Mm. And I don't want, I don't want to be like that. I want to honor that somebody is struggling through that. That's their body. That's their struggle. But on a wider platform and as they be, kind of become more and more and more popular, I feel like we're leaving an entire conversation in the dust. And if it doesn't come up repeatedly, it's going to continue to be problematic because we're continuing. I just found out today that there's, you know, a couple brands that are dropping their extended sizing because they're struggling in the pandemic. So once again, we're just... Hmm. catering down to, you know, those who exist with that privilege. So it it's difficult because I still do exist in a straight size body. I can still wear clothes from, you know, normal stores, but that before and after thing, it, I, the last time I did it, I actually did it to make the point of I am more than a body and I'm kind of tired of of showing up to only be this, right? And there was that hmm. point and that fear in me that what happens when I stop talking about my body all the time. And in the efforts of escaping diet culture, I actually ended up in a, in another one, which is, which is just, again, a focus on a body and just realizing that I wanted to be more than that and kind of had to drop doing those photos unless I was following up with the conversation that made sense for it. But I, I, I feel a little weird about it because I definitely have a cringe factor to it now, but I also just respect that in my own life, two years ago, that made sense to me. And now I've grown away from it. And so I try and just look at it from the lens of these are people that that's just where they're at. And, and that's mm. okay. Cause they're on their own journey of their own time. If they're say, I feel the same way when people use like excessive filters or, you know, um, face suit and stuff, I don't actually feel judgment towards them. I feel like I remember that stage of my journey. I remember that. Mm. I remember those days and I hope well for them. I hope well, I hope that 
someone along the lines will will show up for them and and maybe it's me maybe it's you maybe it's you know a Kenzie Brenna or um someone else who can who can really show up for them and show them something different who knows right hmm well, cause there's definitely, there's definitely merit to some of these posts, right? So mm-hmm. there's, I, I'm not, I'm not bringing it up or I didn't bring it up at the beginning to, to say that it is, that it is entirely abhorrent and they're horrible and no one right. should ever do them and this and that. Totally that agree. wasn't what I, that wasn't what I messaged you when, when, when we first right. had this conversation. Um, and so it, it's not that they aren't without merit. It's more at what point do we, uh, does the potential for harm outweigh the benefit? Um, mm-hmm. and in these kind of situations, because it leaves out so much of the population that are so, that are the cohort that are targeted most by mm-hmm. diet culture and visual oppression, which are, to not beat around the bush, large black women. Yes. Um, if we're, it, it, it can very much become moving the goalposts, not removing them. And yes. sometimes creating a new norm and it's not necessarily a it is definitely not a bad thing to be normalizing body roles when you sit down that is not yeah. a bad thing we should normalize that too but at what point does it turn from normalization to glorification and then mm. and then when what at what point does it turn into even accidentally even unintentionally cuz most people who are posting that stuff they're not doing it to deliberately take a dig at people who can't hide their roles by standing up right they're not doing it deliberately yeah. But at what point does it actually become harmful? Because it it just it kind of makes it like, well, it's okay as long as those roles disappear when you stand up. Yeah. And then it's okay. Yes. Then then what you look like is fine. Yeah. But if you can't stand up and be the after photo, then you're you you're not welcome in this space. This isn't the yeah. page for you. Whether or not it's being said deliberately or not, like, I don't know if there's an answer it's to that It's where question. the audience has gone too. Let's be real. Yeah. People observing, there has to be so much weight stigma still involved with this. There has to be because otherwise, large black women will be the viral posts and they're not. So yeah. there has yeah. to be a reason. We still love to see, you know, a thin identifying white woman change her body ever so and then we're very excited about it and it's not to there's a, actually a creator um in Canada her name is Danielle is anxious I don't know if you follow her but she recreates yeah, yeah, these yeah. posts in a march like in her own body and she always is so respectful because I think you're right there's not something um intentionally being done but it's almost like the societal intention of like okay it's still it's still kind of there's something that has to be said here as well right it it almost needs to be like this and not just like we need you to sit down and be quiet and I think that that was Mm. that was the initial thing that when um I came into the conversations at first I was reminded of it's not about sit down and shut up it's there's a whole bunch of people who have no seat here who have no voice here how do we how do we make sure that that stops like how do we make sure that they can find that seat that they can get that microphone how does that happen right and so the hashtag was born by Rafaela um past the mic and it was all about that like though if you have that we're not telling you to like be quiet forever but how can we start to show up for you know those who truly are stand up and can't roll up their leggings and can't hide those roles anymore and you know how do we show up for them because the whole internet and younger and younger generations are only feeling like, and I, and I guess I maybe feel sensitive about it because I have two teenage girls and I understand that what they're consuming on social media is kind of the narrative of once you stand up and your roles are gone, that's okay. But I don't know what happens when they don't see everything else that's almost more important, when they don't have the conversations about weight stigma, when they don't understand that there is something also you know, to be said about that, to, to consider, to realize, right? So I've had Mm. to bring those conversations home a little bit more as I've been learning, but yeah, I think it's, I, I always kind of err away from anybody feeling shame about, you know, creating content like that, because I understand I've been there, I've been that person, but I think that there is conversations like this that need to almost be heard so that, they understand that there is more that can also be done. There's more that can also be said. And maybe to take consideration what message they're saying when they post those types of things. Because I've 
I, I can, I can write, I will never take any old posts down. I think it's important to kind of see the progression of a person, but yeah. it is, um, it is something that I, I don't feel good about posting anymore. And I think that that comes from a place of truly understanding where damage can be done. Mm. So there's an interesting question there, uh, not question, there's an interesting conversation there as well about who has the capacity to be able to not get mad. Mm. And I think that's a really interesting one too, uh, based on how much, um, based on how much privilege we have. And I, this is actually something that I've been dealing with over the last couple of days after after making a comment on on Instagram that made sense to me at the time. So basically, someone made a post um, talking about uh, a response that she made to someone who was kind of um, glorifying their weight loss to her, right? Oh, and okay. And her response was, you know, was we should be ignoring these kind of people. And my, my gut reaction was, well, hang on, but... But that was me. I, I don't want you to ignore these kind of people like that. I was the mm -hmm. person that, that used to that used to promote my 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 weight loss that I used that, that I thought I was amazing at yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And I made a comment that that was it was it was OK, but it but it it had a lack of understanding in it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was it was polite. It was more just like I really hope that we could. I really hope that we can get to a place where we don't have to ignore these kind of people because they were us at one stage and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Half of it was maybe correct, but the other half just completely ignored the fact that I have the privilege to not ignore them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, I don't get, I don't feel actively attacked or hurt when I see those kind of posts, when I see people making comments about how good their weight loss is, because nobody comments that to me, right? Nobody, yeah. nobody yeah. Un gives unsolicited advice to me anymore about my weight with their own weight loss stories. So for me to say, well, let's not ignore them. That's easy, right? Because I don't mm -hmm. have to ignore mm -hmm. them. I have yeah, the ability yeah. to do that. Um, and the reason why that came up is because I think it's interesting around this conversation too, where People got very upset with Rafaela for creating that past the mic hashtag. Yeah, yeah. But she doesn't have the privilege to be able to simply just let it go because yeah. those kind of posts directly cause her harm, mm -hmm. unintentionally or not. Yeah, they cause they cause her mental health harm, mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. and so she doesn't have the privilege or capacity to be able to just let it go. And I think we 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 do forget. I forget that I did two days ago. But I think we forget those that kind of the the impact that privilege has on our ability to respond yeah. to situations, the same situation. Yeah, agree. That other people don't don't have the ability because they don't have the it's not necessarily ability. They don't have the privilege to be able to respond to them in that classically polite, you know, what could verge on the edge of tone policing way. Does that kind of? Yeah. No, I, I agree. And Rafaela is she is such a joy. I actually we're good friends. <laughs> I I think so. We're, she's she's someone who when we first met it was sharp. Like it was I have no other word for it. It was very sharp and it was very quick and I felt very sad because I was like what did I do? Like how how do I fix this? Was kind of like my mental thought but getting to understand what she had been consuming and how it was feeling for her it was like okay this isn't this isn't an argument about how was i right or how do i make myself less wrong here it was this person is feeling a lot and there's a lot of people who agree with her and they're angry and this is something to be discussed this is this is something we need to discuss and so we we had chatted a lot and then we immediately brought it on to podcast i was like i don't want this to be a filtered online conversation let's like really have the conversation and mm -hmm. i'm so grateful for it cuz i think it needed to be that raw and real but i think as we move forward What's difficult for me is that I'm I'm not the kind of person that will comment if I don't like something. I'll mute or I'll scroll by. And I realize now that a lot of people, yeah, they really don't always have that. But also understanding our own capacity for things. This this past week, there's been a lot of conversation around, you know, not all men and but all women, as you know, this <laughs> this whole thing has happened. And everyone's yeah. in my DM saying like, can you talk about it? Why won't you talk about it? Can you not say something? And I'm sitting here going, I'm having one of the hardest 
weeks on social media because everybody's talking about it. And it's hard. If for a lot of people, this is incredibly traumatizing. It's incredibly difficult. So I'm not trying to compare these two things, but I'm just saying like, I've had to be silent in order to like take care of myself in that. I've, I've had to not talk about it. Mm. But also, it helps me understand where, you know, when you see something so repeatedly, it doesn't feel any better. It just feels like a lot as it goes. And and while there's that relatability there, there's that community there, it can also collectively really add up for those who are getting triggered by it. And I don't say triggered lightly because I triggering is mm. something that almost passively is, is gotten this word now that people just say like, oh, that triggers me. Uh, when you've been honestly triggered, I saw a drawing once that was like, it's like walking into a, you know, a pothole in the middle of the road and like falling in or a sinkhole. Like if you're walking along and you just fall in, that's what triggering really feels like. You're just like gone. And mm -hmm. to understand that you were somebody who was triggering, not just one person, an entire, entire community of people. I don't think that you can ignore that. I don't think that you can just be like, okay, well, they're in the sinkhole. Like that's on them. I think you have to realize that you're responsible to start working on repairing the road so that they're not, especially when it's your road, when it's your path that you've created, even if it's like, you know, I can't just like pretend to be a marginalized body. I'm not like, I. that's mm. not, that's not my conversation and I shouldn't be holding it. It should be in passing it to those who can have it. And, you know, I can have the conversations about what I can live in, which is, you know, I can talk a lot on postpartum. I can talk about shingles. I can talk about divorce. I can talk about blended families. There's a lot. There's still a lot that I can talk about. I don't have to be in that space all the time. I don't have to. I can talk about my own experiences within it, especially postpartum has been like important in my own healing, but I don't need to make it so um, perfect. And I think I've been trying to to learn and understand um how diet culture and also how the reverse of perfection culture or just like that relatability culture has really just, again, put the focus back on our bodies, which the whole mm. point of this was to try and live beyond them. So how do we do that if we're constantly bringing focus back to them? And that's, it's difficult because there's, you almost need to see it to understand you're not alone. And then at the same time, if you constantly are seeing it, then all you're thinking about is your body. And then if you want to show up online, you're like, well, I can't show up looking good. I have to show up looking slightly less than good. And then I'm relatable. And then people will share my stuff. It's just there's so much there. And I feel like we're just that pendulum is just swinging. And we've got to find that space where it kind of settles back into the center. And we we figure out a way to have these conversations because it's it's super popular right now. Like I can't believe given, you know, the three years that I've, you know, been in the space of even talking about body or confidence or anything, how popular it is. I never, I never would have thought like showing off your cellulite would be cool. I just never saw that coming. <laughs> no. It's very cool. It's very cool now, but it's not, mm. it, not in the way that I hoped it would. I, I would have hoped it was like, just you saw it and it wasn't always um like such a I don't know I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say there I guess I just wish it it became normal that we stopped trying to force it to be normal or we stopped having to roll down our pants to talk about being normal and just actually just went and lived yeah well where it could be shown without being mentioned yeah right so it's like where it could just exist on a photo as part of a photo without that photo needing to be about look at my cellulite Oh, yeah. It's so funny because I'll try that sometimes. I'll just like make a post and people are like, oh, you're so brave. And I was like, was I? <laughs> oh, I was just hanging out by the pool. But OK, like it's it's funny because I I can see it now with that. But it is it is something that last year I really tried to do more and more. Like, just don't say something about it. Just show up. Like if the message is to just show up, we need to just show up. And And I actually made a post about it once that I can't wait for the day that we can take pictures where our bodies look different or not perfect. And it, the caption is not about our body anymore. It's just about the day that we had or what we did at the beach and it, and it mm. not make a point out of our bodies within that photo. Yeah. Um, and I think that we're, we're 
it, me personally, I'm getting there. Me personally, like that's that's starting to be the thing is I can look at a photo of myself and not pick it apart that I can just be like, oh, that was so fun. That was such a great day. And I think that that should be the goal when we talk about our bodies is is removing that um, focus being on them and put it onto what is the big picture? What are we doing with ourselves? How are we, you know, Jamila Jamila is really good at talking about the fact that when you look at a patriarchal society, a body being flawed is a great distraction from keeping you doing anything else, like literally anything else. If we took all the time that we took focusing on our bodies and how much we hate them, imagine how productive we would be. Like that's that's what I think I keep coming back to now is all that time spent when I'm really focused on that, I'm just missing out on everything else. So I'm just trying to spend my time better. I'm trying to invest my time into crap that is more important to me. I, I think that's a great aim. I hope. <laughs> Not that you need my validation, but it sounds like a great aim. Yeah, I, I do my best. I still like to, you know, have nice hair though. And I still like to, and then I'm like, well, why do I, why do I do that? Like <laughs> there's, there's so much, I don't know. I love being a student of life. I really, really do. I love, I love, I love the parts where we get to be wrong. You can pick it apart forever though, right? You can, right? You, you could, can, you, you can could go in circles. You could be like, you well, could. well, if I say this, this might be wrong, but therefore if I change it, but then I'm missing out on this and then, and, I know. and then, and then you'll never post anything because you, you're always afraid of something going wrong, which yes, that's how it, which, that's how I exist. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's literally how I live. <laughs> I just wait. You know what? It's interesting. I, I posted a photo of myself with my first daughter 15 years ago, and then a second photo of myself with my daughter now, um, with my newborn. And the post was just about, you know, life, like my, I just said, like, this is my deja vu. Like how, how amazing mm. is this that I'm back in this 15 years later with a newborn and I mimicked the same photo. The comment section went to my face. It went, what did you have done? What surgeries did you do? How did you do oh, that? Really? I just think that it's dishonest that you're posting this without talking about what you had done to your face. And it forced me into the conversation of, okay, so yes, I did lose 100 pounds. I didn't want to have to talk about that. I didn't want to have to bring that up. And then it was yeah. like, well, there has to be more to it than that. I'm like, okay, I had my brows done. Like what else? Like it was just amazing that even when I posted something that was just cute baby pictures, it went off on, you know, dissecting um it forced me into a, a weight loss conversation, which I noted that I wouldn't, I didn't want to talk about. And then mm. it also brought me into, you know, beauty culture. People started talking about beauty culture and how are you okay with, you know, doing makeup and stuff. And I was like, I don't know, because diet culture is all about minimizing yourself and beauty culture for me, while sometimes problematic, hasn't been for me. It's all about max. I want to maximize my lashes. So I put on that five times mascara. Like, I don't know. That's <laughs> just that work? what. Is that a. <laughs> I don't know. Are they five times the length? I, I feel not. They would be I up to here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they you were before. <laughs> <laughs> I just rubbed them on. No, it, it's so it's so amazing that even when you do now try and show up not talking about certain things that people will mm. still make that a focus because as a society, even if you've individually moved along and away from something, not everybody's come along with you. So it takes time to do that, right? And I think that that's where I hold a lot of hope. And I think what's difficult for me is in cancel culture, a lot of times we we forget the compassion side to allow people growth, allow people change. If I didn't believe that people could change their opinions, I would be a very sad person. I would scroll social media with just a pit in my stomach thinking this is never going to change. Like nobody's ever going to change. These op these opinions are never going to, um, you know, move. And now I know because I am that person, opinions can change. People can change. The way that they create can change. So I just hold a lot of hope that even when I see somebody posting something quote unquote wrong, I just hold a lot of a lot of hope in that, that this is just, that's where they are on that journey. Kind of similar to what you said when talking about seeing somebody who's maybe going on a weight loss journey. I mean, it's not always ideal for me to see it, but I don't feel sad about it. I don't feel upset about it. I just kind of are like, okay, that's where they are. Because I think in the end, we also have to honor an individual's choice and autonomy and also mm. understand that we have that unfollow button for a reason. And it's it's super important to to see that and to understand it as well. 
Yeah. But yeah, I scroll social media with a lot of hope. I really do. I just, I, I have a, I hold a lot of space for people to have the ability to change and not, not constantly expect everybody to be at the same spot of a journey that I'm in. I just think that that's a great, it's a great place to, to be and to walk alongside people when they are going through that next stage or when they realize that they've done something wrong and they want to talk about it. I, and I think that's what was really great about you is that you never, you never really made me feel like crap. We just had an honest conversation about it. We just honestly had a good conversation about it. And I, I felt supported instead of shamed. And I think that that is what we kind of need more of. Unless you're doing something openly racist or fatphobic, then I think that it's you need to be called out. But we will <laughs> yeah, walk alongside a, you. There is a line. There is a there is a line. There is a line. There's um, a line. It's hard to know where that line is sometimes, and and that line and and where I think that line is varies on how I'm feeling that day. <laughs> agreed. Hard, right? Agreed. And certain people. I mean, I just had a friend recently um, come out with you know racist behavior in their past and. It was easier for me to hold space for her and to hear her apology, but also understand that apology wasn't for me. Like none of that was for me. So it's not for me to decide if she did it well or not. So I have really learned to hold compassion for people. I mean, I still, I did not unfollow her. I sent her a message. I, I, you know, showed her a little bit of love without agreeing with anything, just holding space for people to, to change and to have a past. I think we all have one. I've had to openly talk about mine sometimes because it's, I don't ever want somebody poking into my past and being like, well, you said this before. Well, yeah, you know what? I was dead wrong about it. Isn't that cool that something I said three years ago was very wrong and very problematic? And look at me now. <laughs> like so cool? It's documented for everyone to see. Everyone can see it. <laughs> But, you know, if it was something that I felt was very harmful, I would take it down. I think that's the difference. If I ever said something like openly racist or something, I would hope mm. that I would take that down. Because yeah. regardless of time, that's damaging. And so I, I think with a lot of what I've posted in the past, maybe really well-intentioned, but wasn't openly one way or another. So I do allow them to stay up. But it is interesting when I go back into my really old diet posts I one time had a before and after photo of myself and I said in the caption, I just wish I could go back and tell her to put the fork down. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was horrifying mm. to myself. I was so horrifying. But that to me was like an encouraging message. Like, isn't yeah. that bizarre? And so that's why I think that progression of a person is where I hold so much hope because I just, I see potential in everybody now. I see yeah. potential in in th that but if it if it doesn't work for me to see it i will unfollow or mute and then maybe years down the road i'll get to see them again in an entirely new space and that mm -hmm. that makes me excited that makes me excited to see that as we're kind of working in this pendulum swinging right now that there is also a lot of hope that we're going to see each other down the road and down the line while we figure out this mess of it all and hopefully the world has, you know, stepped in much better directions because I think that right now it's very sensational to talk about it. It's very, it's very cool. It's very in to, you know, have a lot of these conversations. But as time goes on, I hope that they're just normal. I hope that we, we, when we feel, you know, that we want to go on a new diet, that it is a safer space for us to have a conversation about how that is a form of oppression and, and, and talk about that and, in a safer way where it doesn't feel shame-filled and it doesn't feel like we're tearing each other down. It mm. also, it just brings about like, what could we do that's more important than this, than that mm. diet? What could we do with that time? What can we do to make you feel supported in your body? What could we do to like, I don't know, make you feel less shame around it? What could we do to, you know, have all of that? And I think that that's, that's kind of where I live and, you know, we'll see what happens down the road. I think we're definitely moving in the right direction. It's just I sometimes I feel like we we hit like speed bumps every so often. Or, I think or... it's hard because it was a movement <laughs> that was it was a movement that was meant for an entire group of people that got co-opted by an entire other group of people and then the mm. entire spotlight went to one group and left the initial group in the dust. And it sucks. Yeah, that's a good way of summing it up to be fair. Mm -hmm. Hopefully though, Again, we, we can't change what happened. Doesn't yeah. mean it's right, but we can't change what happened. But hopefully it means that that whole group who it wasn't necessarily meant for will now be able to 
continue that conversation and reintroduce the rest of the world that should have been part of it to begin with yeah i think it's going to be i think it's going to be really special yeah i think it's going to be really special to see people who once felt a lot of shame in sitting down to recognize that that was a form of fat phobia. And why do they have that mm. feeling? How can we peel back the onion of that? And and when we come down to it, to understand that it's not their fault, that at the end of the day, the entire world was constructed to cater to one type of person. And when you fit that mold, it is a, it's like, it's like a warm hug of all of society. I remember, I remember when I stopped having to go into a certain kind of store and got to shop with all of my friends. It's like an embracing of a warm hug. That's not on me that I felt that. That's not the reason. Like I lost weight initially because I just wanted acceptance. And it took a lot. You can say it was, I could have talked up the walls about it being, you know, all about self-love and all about me loving myself. But in the end, it was all about being accepted by everybody else. So I feel like when we look at it at the onion, a lot of times when there's those before and afters of accepting just merely a role, That's like the very outer skin of what is going on. And as it peels back and people go deeper and deeper with, why did I feel wrong sitting down and having a role? Then they get to go to the next peel of the onion. So so I, I think for me, I just have to look at them and be like, wow, they're just at the beginning. They're just at the beginning of accepting that a role is is not wrong, that it's actually very normal. Next, they'll get to kind of have the conversation, hopefully, with themselves of, why did I think a role was wrong? And do I think roles are wrong on other people? Maybe that's fat phobic. Maybe I should think about that. To why is the world designed where seats only exist for one size of person? And if you don't fit in that, sorry, you now have to buy an extra plane ticket or you can't sit on that bus or you can't go in that store. And I think that it just becomes slowly more, more, more of an awareness until we get to the core of why have we all been constructed to feel and think that we are all designed to be one shape because we're not. So I sometimes, I think for me in a process of understanding, because I think a lot of these are very young, young women as well, um, posting these, I just have to understand they're, they're on the outer skin of that onion. And, and I just hold so much hope for them as they learn and experience and understand the rest of that onion. Take a big old bite of it. It'll be the, it'll 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 make you cry. <laughs> I'm trying to make a beautiful <laughs> metaphor at the end, and it's not working. <laughs> it, it was it was amazing up until then. It, up That's until not... the biting of the onion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It was great. Hold your nose and bite into a potato, and it mm-hmm. tastes the same. You know, or get COVID and bite into a potato, <laughs> and it tastes the same. Great <laughs> advice. Great oh, advice, Doctor Josh. <laughs> Thank you. Well, look. Uh, somehow, somehow that, that uh, look, see, this is what happens when you don't plan questions. You get amazing conversations. See, to yes. all those people who tell me I'm doing the wrong thing. Eh. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. No one's saying Are that. Are there anybody? Oh, there, they uh, should there be telling one. me that too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was one review. There's one review. Oh. Like, maybe, maybe plan some questions next time. Uh, okay, cool. Maybe. But I have, I've got some planned questions right for the end of this podcast, which I, I shall ask you now. <gasps> So there we go. Okay. Planned questions. Suck on that. Um, so <laughs> question number what? <laughs> question number one. Okay. Um, now, I've, now the problem is, is that I had them written down somewhere and I don't have them on my screen anymore. So I've got to try <laughs> to remember what order they came in. Um, question number one. It doesn't matter what order. There are three. What is the worst piece of neutral bollocks you have ever believed in your life? Um detoxing is the one I want to say detoxing literally anything from detoxing my armpits to detoxing my liver to detoxing my stomach I believed it all (laughs) it's yeah 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 you know last week yes was that last week or was this how long ago ago was this no but like there I guess I guess on top of that, there's obviously all the diet ones where it's like carbs are bad, but I feel like that's that's too common an answer. Detoxing is one that I have to be really careful about because when I hear it, it sounds and makes so much sense. I'm like, no, that totally makes sense. I need to detox my body from like sugar. I need to detox my body from toxins. I need to detox my body. And I didn't ever question that because it sounds so scientific and it sounds so proper that I think that 
And, and it's a very common word to say that it took mm. me a long time to question that and be like, I don't think that we actually detox the way that everything is saying detox. So yeah, detox. And I've tried like, I used to do, I never did like the tr the tea detox, but because I have so many stomach issues, I used to think that if I just ate a very detox diet, then I would heal my body of like that stomach issue. And essentially, mm. sometimes you just have a food allergy and you can't <laughs> detox away from that. You're just not yeah. allowed to eat that food. You're going to get sick. And and I would imagine, I would guess that all of those detox in quotes foods were all organic, right? They were all... <laughs> <laughs> no, I tried doing the organic thing for a while, but I was like not in the mood to spend 20 cents more on bananas. Um, for no reason, just to clarify. <laughs> you know what? It kind of, I think it was hard for me because when the organic food thing came out, I do understand that some people care for that. So I, I think it's still important to have that on labeling because regardless of if it's right or wrong, I do understand that people should know the facts like I, I'm all about disclosure if they want to buy organic that is on them to buy organic um and I don't feel any anything bad or less but there is something a little like to be honest when I get something that's like an organic chai latte matcha avocado smoothie I will <laughs> look at it and be like wow this is like I get like this little bit of an attitude about it like yeah well yeah. it's eight dollars because it's organic like I have I get a bit of a privileged personality mm. that comes on but I will say a lot of that comes from me having had no money and so I really always looked at that so glamorously like oh organic food is like so fancy it's so special and you know one day I'll afford the special food that everybody else has and now I'm just like I I, I now I realize that that's you know, of also problematic. <laughs> well, that's why part of me wishes it would go away because it's not healthier nor technically more sustainable. But shh, don't tell anyone. Um, so, so all it is is just encouraging the superiority complex around food. Of like, look at me, I can, I can afford this one, and you can't. I know it's not not what you were necessarily saying, but it's it's that instinctive, like subconscious kind of, I'm better because I can shop at Whole Foods kind of thing yes yeah and i right? love a whole foods it is like a it's it's like a special it's like going to the spa of grocery stores right like that's kind <laughs> of it's kind of how it feels right it, it is a very glamorous experience in which you spend 50 percent more i will also say that sometimes i love doing that i love that experience and i want to buy all the really fancy things and i really care about it and other times i just and that's okay like it's okay that people want to make those decisions as long as they don't think that they have to make it because of any certain thing. GMO was a big one for me. I used to have somebody mm. in my life who was very big on no GMOs. And I remember Bill Nye did this like whole thing, he explained GMOs. And here I was just like, oh my gosh, they're modifying our food. Like what? <laughs> and then he explained like how it's how it worked. And I was like, oh, that doesn't actually sound like the horrifying thing I thought it was, right? And and I think for me, being the most influenced person in the world, it's <laughs> causing that second question after that initial like, ooh, that sounds so cool and that sounds so fancy and special to, okay, what is it really? Like, is it is it actually or do I just want to spend $2 extra because it has a sticker on it? Like, what is it really <laughs> for me? And so I've had to work through that because sometimes I really like that extra experience, even if it just makes me feel like I'm having a bougie avocado. And then also recognizing that it, it doesn't actually make that much difference. And that and that was just a choice I made. <laughs> I, I love that answer. We went from detox to bougie avocados. That was incredible. Um, yeah. <laughs> question, question number two. Um, what is the most ridiculous piece of Nutribolix you have seen recently? Ooh. It can either be the most recent or it can be like the most ridiculous recent, if you see what I mean. Feel free. I'll never know which one. Okay. So um, I really think it's cool when people do like ice experiments when they try and like challenge themselves through going into like ice baths and stuff. But mm. I saw it recently being used as like a diet method and that uh. caused me pause. Because I, first of all, I don't ever want to sit in a bath of ice. That sounds awful. <laughs> I actually had a friend who who does it, but from like a mental standpoint, like they like to challenge themselves and they find it's like a really great practice in overcoming. And so I don't want to like negate that some people really do those. 
I mean, it's the same as those. Remember when people were like sunbathing their buttholes? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what? If you want to do it, it's not hurting me. So I don't care. No, no, hang on. Hang on. This is different. This is definitely different. People is going different? in ice baths. Yes. People going in ice baths. Like, actually, I'm intrigued as to the whole like sitting in a sauna and then jumping in an ice bath and go back and sauna. Not because it's going to magically heal my neurons or anything nonsense yeah, like that, yeah, but just because yeah. it's, it sounds like it sounds fascinating and it sounds horrible in an interesting way. Do you know what I mean? Sunbathing yeah. your butthole is just risking like cancer around the skin of your like why 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 there's no good there that's not that's like true. that's not benefit i mean each to their own but maybe don't exactly. promote it online just like yeah. do it but do it in silence yeah <laughs> but anyway sorry carry on <laughs> no i think that but i don't know that that's necessarily a neutrabolics it's just something that i've noticed a lot lately that is becoming but the conversations around it i think are crap because i think that mm. it, you can have an ice bath if it feels amazing for you maybe it does great things for your skin i don't know i maybe it's, it's something mentally challenging that you love to do i just don't know that there's science behind it going to change your body no, it, it 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 fits into the biohacking craze that is that is still slightly oh. booming. It's it's petered a little bit, but it's yeah. the whole infrared saunas, um, having red light lamps in your bedroom, like only wearing sandals because it helps you ground, apparently, oh. um, and going in ice baths. Like it's it it falls into that whole sphere of uh, toxic masculinity uh biohacking which i'm it's it's sad that women have started buying into it as well but um it's one of the few like wellness diet culture things that that has been sold to men really and it, it comes with the carnivore diet as well it comes with the whole eat meat only eat meat build muscle be a real man and also have an infrared sauna in your back garden because the <laughs> two things the two things go together, it's so interesting it's <gasps> so interesting though i feel like if you look back in time we're just seeing the same stuff reskinned over and over and over again I, I mean we could have conversations all day about this but i think for me i what i wish would happen more is what happens with cigarettes and with gambling and with alcohol there's warnings on all of them there's no mm. warnings on diets and you know like you say nutribolics or biohacking and all of these different things but yet they have such a huge failure rate and such a high risk rate. Like like statistically, a 95% failure rate and a, what is it, a between 20 and 30% that go on diets are now um, enter into either disordered eating or eating disorders. So for me, mm. I'm all like, everybody can choose whatever the hell they want. I think the diet industry owes us warnings that you may go mm, on this mm. product, you may try this diet. However, here's your risk warning. Because why are we doing that for cigarettes and gambling, but we don't do it for diets? Mm. That's what I wish. I, I I wish people would stop using the 95% statistic, though. That's not on you, by the way. That's just a general a general wish because it's do they are they a 95% uh, failure? Or what's the answer? No, it's, the, it's not. It's not 95. I mean, it's shit. Like, it's definitely yeah. over half, right? It's definitely over half. But the whole 95% thing is is a tech, like, we need to be, the, the, the whole anti-diet, like, health at every size need to be scientific as well. And yeah, uh, again, fair. this is not, it's this not, is not scientific? you. This is, this no, is, this is, no, this is, I thought this was fact. It's, uh, it's one, it's one study from like a hundred years ago, oh. which, which, which only included a hundred people and 95 of them put the weight back on. Oh, okay. Well, regardless, even that could be wiped down and we could just go with the risk. Mm. Even if we didn't look at the failure rate of it, because even in that, it's a bit, it, uh, to be honest, even as I'm talking about it and recognizing things, even while we speak that it's it's a little fat phobic because it's a little bit of you're going to fail. You're going to gain weight, which is considered failure, right? So mm -hmm. even in that, mm -hmm. I think it's a little, look at us learning. Look at me learning. Sorry, that was just, it's just a pet peeve of mine, that one. No, you should have said it. Because the problem is, is it's 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 one of those things where this, this kind of, um, I don't want to say this kind of work because it sounds like egotistical, but this, the, the kind of activism of fighting against diet culture, which it is, mm -hmm. requires accuracy in my mind because if you if we say stuff that is clearly very easy to challenge 
than it mm-hmm. than it makes us look stupid and it makes the whole premise of the argument i'm not saying you look stupid yeah no no of, no I, it's it, fair it, it creates a problem with the whole conversation because yeah you're right it makes it very easy for people who disagree who who promote weight loss who think it's amazing who are like eh, people just haven't found the right diet yet we should keep you doing to, to mm. point and go look how stupid they are they've just said 95 percent. that's clearly stupid here's some statistics that show they're stupid now you can ignore everything else they say and that happens all the time so it's like it's a it's a pet peeve of mine to be like let's not give them the satisfaction to find an easy way in to telling yeah. to to proving why we're wrong because there are so many valid reasons why they're not and, and it's like, yes yes <laughs> you're right you're right that's such a good point look, okay question number three then we're done third question okay what is the one piece of nutribollocks they're all nutribollocks themed can you tell um what is the one piece of nutribollocks that you wish people would be immune to just just instantly if you could just snap your fingers and be like no one would ever believe this ever again obviously there would be a lot of them but what is the one that sugar is bad i just want us to all have cupcakes and enjoy our lives (laughs) i i'm i'm good with that one that's a great answer yeah yeah. Sugar is not yeah. bad. It's bad for your teeth, just to clarify. Yeah. But it gives know. me a solid headache though. And I do have to like <laughs> really? sometimes I get called out for eating like a sugar-free candy. And I'm like, listen, I get migraines. Like if I go if I go too far on sugar, like I will have a reaction. But I also like I don't think that it's bad. I just think that it's for me, I have to yeah. honestly recognize that sometimes I get a headache. It's not yeah. about what it's gonna do to my body. It's what I have to work tomorrow. Same with a glass of wine, to be honest. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say no to a glass of wine last night because I was like, no, I've got podcasts in the morning because I will oftentimes get like it, it'll tip to a migraine. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. I have to work. So I said no to a glass of wine. Well, look, if you cancel the first podcast for mastitis and then the second one for Imagine migraine, second. I would have thought you'd have just made it up at that point. I'd be like, you clearly don't want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this no, is. No, Mastitis no. was a good one. She knew what she was doing. She used a medical reason. I couldn't argue against it. Now she's saying migraine. Like, mm. <laughs> no, that's a real medical condition as well. Just to clarify and tell you. Yeah, I want people to eat cupcakes and enjoy their lives. I want people to eat fruit and I want people to have cupcakes. Can we I'm... do better things than cupcakes though? Because cupcakes are great. Like key lime pie. Oh, key lime pie is good, but I feel like we could we could one up that. So, okay. for example. It was my puppy's one-year-old birthday yesterday. <gasps> Stop. I know. She's so old. Um, so she is now... I'm going to go with adult now, technically. I don't know. Yeah, when is, the, is. When is the split? I is think, that adult? I think yeah. it is. So my dog's birthday was yesterday. And, and my partner, Claire, was going to buy a dog cake for her. And I was like, no, no, that's cool. You can buy a cake, but can you make sure it's like a normal cake? Because yeah. a dog cake's great. But she doesn't know it's her birthday. We do. And I want to eat the cake. So I was like, can you buy a cake? Because she'll eat like everything that's in a cake. She can eat. She can eat eggs. She can eat flour. She can eat butter. It's fine. What does she do? She bought a chocolate cake. That's the one kind of cake. (laughs) Which dogs can't eat. So, 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 um, but it's good though, because she, she brought dog cupcakes as well. So dog specific cupcakes that they had. And we had the normal cake. But it's just in my head, I'm like, cake is better than cupcake like so see yeah i this is where i will (laughs) i will have to come in and and you have to be willing to be wrong (laughs) a cake is only good if Uh, you have uh. the slice that has the big flour on it because i want icing so a cupcake honors that a cupcake is like the vehicle of icing i don't actually care too much for the cake I just want uh, the. I just want a vehicle for the icing. So a cake is. See, this risky. is where we disagree. Then the cake is risky for me because I want the cake. Oh, see, we would be great at parties because then I would just we would just scrape and share. Um, but no, I I like the icing mound, so that's very important uh, to me. So a cake is kind of risky unless it's like multiple layers and there's vehicles yeah. in between of of icing. Always layers. Then we can do that. It just has to be a lot icing. It feels like slightly the other way around with a fruitcake, though. See, you haven't had a proper British fruitcake. That's what I'm going to claim. Probably not. Because a proper British fruitcake, all right, like the one my mum makes for Christmas, gets made in October. And every single week after it's made, she pours brandy into it. (laughs) All right. So by the time it gets to Christmas, every week, the holes that were made in the top of the cake and has brandy soak into the fruit <gasps> and all of the all of the candied peel and all of the the fruitcake amazingness 
then gets covered in marzipan and royal icing. Oh, marzipan's that... the best. Anybody who says no to marzipan, I <laughs> I judge a little bit. <laughs> well, that was what I was bringing it up because because marzipan for me, that's the icing that I will have more than the marzipan cake almost, unless it's a fruit cake best. because I want all the brandy. So, <laughs> so I basically cake is better than cupcake. I'm gonna stand. Do you want to know what I do to icing when I make a cake at home? Is I put almond extract in the icing, so it has a Ooh. bit of a marzipan icing to it. Like I love almond. Like I love that. Mm almond flavoring so an almond cake and almond cookie marzipan people who say marzipan are disgusting like i actually take issue with you it's it's a problem for me that's that's a real judgment that i have that is pro that is wrong of me and i will stand by it i'm wrong there but i i won't i won't leave it well i'm glad we can still be friends but that doesn't sound very canadian of you i feel like the canadian of you should be like you can eat whatever cup. I know that wasn't a Canadian accent, but you can eat whatever Nick. cupcake you like, whatever icing, and it's fine. You're like, no, cupcakes are better. And if you don't like marzipan, <laughs> you're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I bought marzipan recently and I had it in a bowl and nobody would touch it. They all like took bites of it and like spit it in the garbage. And I was like, well, you don't eat it by itself. Hang on, do you eat it by yeah, itself? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay interesting yeah like the little you know how like they decorate it like make it like a little bread loaf or like little shapes like a pig well i like just, those okay <laughs> or covered in chocolate uh sure yeah no i there are chocolate bars that that yeah. exist where they're like marzipan inside and like a yeah have you had stollen no oh my word seriously you are learning new things today stollen is another christmas amazingness treat which I've is german german in origin and it is essentially like do you like brioche? Yep. Okay, so it is I, essentially... I can't eat bread, but yeah, I used oh. to. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Okay, well, see if you can work out if this will work for you, but don't say yes or no yet because you will want this. Okay. It's like brioche and um, it's like marzipan, but it's not mar... It's like a wet marzipan, so it's not solid. Oh. Oh. And it's layers. There's a name for it. I can't remember what the name is, but it's layers of like rolled like brioche and marzipan that's then baked. <gasps> Oh, seriously. This sounds amazing. Yeah. Everyone after this is hungry. This is what we've done. <laughs> yeah, just stolen. I think it's S-T-O-L-L-E-N. And it's- I'm gonna, um, have, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll make it. And th that's better than a cupcake. That's all I'm saying. Whoa, you can't end this <laughs> podcast <laughs> like that. No. I, I think I can. It's, 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 it's your podcast. I'm gonna be the one editing it. <laughs> no, I, I won't. I won't end on that. I will end by saying thank you ever so much for, for talking to me. Um, yes. Finally, after yes. too many years of avoiding me years. and saying <laughs> no to coming on my podcast. Uh, no, I'm joking. You haven't said that. Never. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very, very much for being here. And um, I think I think that was a cool I think that was a cool episode. I think that was very interesting. And I think it proves my point that having pre-prepared questions is pointless. And that was so much better. So thank you. <laughs> That's that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>